I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome everybody. Wednesday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. We've got a stacked show. First off, just to give you a sense of our guest lineup, Julie Kelly with us. At the top of the next hour. Then after that, Congressman Jim Jordan. And then we'll have Dr. Marty McCary in the third hour talking about the the, the seemingly uh, imminent return of mask mandates, at least in schools. What's going to happen here? It's insane. I mean, if you go back now and look at photos of people like Fauci, double masked. I mean, you understand just how crazy this is. Notice they're not even talking about that now. It, it changes with the needs of the moment. They're not even saying, well, you have to double mask, right? That was a moment in time that I'll never forget, the sheer idiocy of the whole thing. Um, we'll certainly be diving into that. Also, Biden gets slammed for lack of respect when he walked out of a Medal of Honor ceremony early. The Vietnam War hero uh, was left to listen to the closing benediction by himself without the commander-in-chief. Some people saying Biden being disrespectful. Some others saying, well, maybe Biden also just doesn't know where he is at any given moment. So which one is it? We can discuss that and how it affects the uh, upcoming presidential election. But we are going to start today with the the news that actually broke right after we finished the show yesterday. Haven't had a chance to talk to you about it, but uh, Proud Boys leader. Enrique Terrio has been sentenced to 22 years in federal prison for seditious conspiracy. This is the longest sentence that anyone associated with January 6th has received so far. Um, it is rare, and we could talk more about this, it is rare 
for there to be a seditious conspiracy charge, period. It is generally reserved for, in the past, in the recent past, Al-Qaeda cells, uh, jihadist entities that wanted to or tried to or plotting to blow up buildings, take down airplanes. That's usually where you see a seditious conspiracy charge emerge in the federal court system. Um, and here, 22 years, uh, it's stunning when you see what the average sentences are for things like murder and rape and, and heinous crimes in this country, far less than 22 years. And, and Clay, I just, there's a lot here, and I want to dive into the legality of this with you in just a moment, but I, w- I want to remind everybody, we're told that Terrio, who was not even uh, at the Capitol on January 6th, he was uh, in Maryland, I believe, but he wasn't on site. He didn't attack anyone. He didn't harm anyone. Um, but he is facing now or has been has been given 22 year sentence. I just want to remind everybody, this is from the New York Times, Clay, May 31st, 2020. Despite an 11 p.m. curfew imposed by Mayor, uh, Mayor Bowser and the activation of the National Guard, Protests near the White House fueled by anger over the police killing of George Floyd spiraled out of control on Sunday night. Demonstrators were hit in the head with canisters of tear gas. Some protesters broke into offices. Others started fires, one of which may have spread, actually it did spread, by the way, to the basement of St. John's, the Episcopal Church that has been attended by at least once by every chief executive going back to James Madison. Uh, the protesters claimed a slice of Lafayette Square, the dividing line with the police on Saturday night. They got closer to the White House. They wrote graffiti with America, with KKK written in America. There was tear gas. There were rocks. There were bottles thrown. There were police officers assaulted. There were threats against the White House. Clay, what was that? Nobody oh, got, it's- nobody got 20 years in federal prison. Nobody even got years in federal prison. That was outside the White House. Even but it was worse, Trump Buck, as president. They were praised. And remember this. I always think this is an interesting analogy. When they were threatening to storm the White House, and they were tearing down barricades, and they were lighting fires, and they were engaging in clearly violent behavior, do you know what they did, Buck? They were so concerned about the president's health that they sent him down to a safe room in the White House. Do you know what the media did? They ridiculed Trump for being a coward. Do you remember that? Do you remember that whole storyline? Yes. Compare that to how they treated everyone who was threatened in any way in the media's mind by any of the Jan 6 protesters. Oh, those Jan 6 protesters were violent terrorist intent to kill all these different congressmen and women, senators. Everyone who fled was a hero. Everyone who hid was in mortal peril. Just look at the way the media covered the stories. The White House is threatened by left-wing protesters and the Secret Service. It's not like this is a Trump decision. Says, sir, we need you to move down to a more secure area. Trump's a coward. Look at him running. Everybody flees the January 6th protesters, also with security telling them they needed to be fleeing. And what is the way that they are treated? They are treated as if they were in mortal peril 
And thank goodness the security was there to protect them from all of these deranged Jan 6 people. Which, by the way, I've been fired up about this for a long time. But when you compare, it's not even just the protesters, although that's a good analogy, Buck. When you compare what's going on in Washington, D.C. with actual violent, uh, violent criminals who are having felonies reduced to misdemeanors with the fact that they are trying to put grandmas in jail for years. It is, it is such an unfair prosecution. And we're going to talk with Julie Kelly here in what 45 minutes about this. I think the Republican Party has totally failed in their defense of basic justice as it pertains to what's happened to these guys compared to the way that general uh violent felons are being treated in D.C. and certainly compared to the way all of the BLM protesters are being uh, compared. And, Buck, the one I looked at, and I think this is this is one that Republicans should be slamming and talking about all the time. Do you remember the lawyers who threw the Molotov cocktail in D- in of New course. York City? Yes, the NYPD car. Do you remember car. what? Do you remember what punishment they ended up getting? Uh, it was very minor. I'm yeah. I'm gonna pull up the exact because my jaw dropped when it came out. But when you compare it to the Proud Boys, somebody who is a officer of the court, a lawyer with an intentional Molotov cocktail, throwing it and lighting a police car on fire. Someone could have easily died there. That's an intentionally violent act. They got a pinprick of the punishment of everybody on January 6th. The the riot, they call it a protest, but it was a riot that broke out in uh, Lafayette Square on May 31st of 2020 when Trump was president. They They lit buildings on fire. Oh, yeah. They assaulted law enforcement officers all over the place. They were throwing things at cops. There's video of this. And yet I read the entire indictment against Enrique Terrio, and I sit there and I say, so this is basically, this guy says, look, he said some very dumb things. Uh, he, he certainly, you know, got way too far ahead of himself with thinking all kinds of crazy stuff. Fine. But... He didn't actually attack anybody. And to say that he should get 22 years in prison and go alongside the blind shake, go alongside al-Qaeda terrorists who want to commit mass murder and tried to and did later on. I mean, it depends on which iteration of their jihadist philosophy or which uh, which one of their attacks you're talking about. Um, it's just it's, it's so utterly excessive. And I was reading all this, Clay, and I was, I was thinking to myself, so what would have happened that night on uh, May 31st of 2020 if the Secret Service had said, you know what, we're going to just let some of you guys into the White House. We're going to right this way. Yeah. They, they opened they open the, open the gates. It's a great they point. They moved the barricades out of the way, and they let them into the White House. Yeah, there would have been people who broke stuff. There would have been people who went crazy. That's what happened at the Capitol. We've seen the video of it. So... You see, why is one side treated like a terrorist insurrection? Of course, that's what they call it. And the other, it's it's a, a vibrant First Amendment exercise. Burning down a church next to the White House with a mob screaming crazy things. Yeah, that's First Amendment exercise. Great point. Here, by the way, the sentences. I thought these were right, but I wanted to make sure we got them right. Um, a judge 
has sent, sentenced a lawyer to one year and one day in prison for throwing a Molotov cocktail into a police car and burning it down. The, uh, there were two of them. The other person got, uh, 15 months. So to contextualize, you intentionally create a violent incendiary device that is often used by terrorist vandals, ne'er-do-wells worldwide, a Molotov cocktail. It's actually a weapon of war, as we know, created by the Finns to fight against the Soviet invasion of Finland. Boom. Uh, you throw it intentionally in a cop car, but that cop car could have blown up. There could have been a police officer in close proximity. There could have been civilians in close proximity. You are a lawyer which means you're held to an even higher standard under the law, right? It's not as if you're even just a regular person. One year. One year in New York City, probably given the uh, lenient release rates of New York City police, probably that person is almost already out. A few months, I would bet, behind bars is what's going to end up being required and back out on the streets. For a Molotov cocktail, how would you justify that if you are a reasonable person and you are comparing what the Proud Boys did with another protest uh, that occurred that was far more violent and that was intentionally violent in nature? I would just love for somebody out there to explain the disparate sentences there. If anything, Buck, wouldn't you think just being rational human that you would sentence the Molotov cocktail throwers far more severely than you would anybody associated with January 6th at all? Well, of course. I mean, any of the violent actions that you can see, and this is a, this is a function of what is on video. There's a lot of video of all of the BLM riots. And, and this also goes into a con where, where they're attacking cops and they're doing violent things. And Kamala Harris was helping to raise bail money for them. Current yep. vice president. That's right. At the time, she was saying, let's, let's get money to these people. Let's, let's get them out as soon as possible. Let's help them. And there's no problem taken with that, with that at all. Um, I, I believe, and I'm looking for the exact uh, numbers on this, but Andy No, who probably does more to show the radical left, I mean, the, the Antifa militant radical left than any other journalist in America right now. Uh, I, I think that he had up that the, Longest, yes, here we go. The longest sentence for a leftist rioter who committed federal crimes in 2020 was in Portland. The guy got, uh, 10 years in federal prison for using, for using explosives to try to commit attempted mass murder in Portland. And a leftist group paid his bail to get, to get him out. That guy got 10 years. So incendiary device to commit mass murder. You get less time, half the time of being Enrique Terrio texting people very stupid things on January 6th, but didn't throw a Molotov cocktail at anybody, didn't actually assault law enforcement. Um, you know, it, it's, it's tough, Clay. It's tough for people to see this because I know the, the question, and maybe we should deal with this a little bit. People say, well, you're telling us the problem. What do we do about it? We need the American people to wake up. See what's happening with the, the, the answer is we need a majority of the American people to understand something's gone very wrong in our justice system and want to do something about it. Um, there's no easy fix. Anyone who thinks there's an easy fix, I think is delusional.
No doubt. And we're gonna, we're fired up about this and this is not going away. Innovation refunds. Company busy helping small businesses get a tax refund through the employee retention credit, credit program. That's the ERC for short. ERC's tax refund for business owners that kept employees on payroll for parts of 2020 and 2021. If you own a business with five or more employees, you could have money waiting to be claimed. Innovation refunds, highly trusted company having earned the highly coveted SOC 2 certification. This is a compliance standard developed by the American Institute of CPAs. It specifies how trusted organizations should manage customer data in the areas of confidentiality and security. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. They work with an independent network of tax professionals, and they'll share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. Go online to innovationrefunds.com to see if you qualify. No upfront charges. They don't get paid unless you get paid. You can call them as well at 1-843-REFUNDS. That's innovationrefunds.com. One eight four three refunds. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. 
Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Wednesday edition of the program. We're about to be joined by Julie Kelly, but before we even bring her in, I want to point this out. Julie works harder on January 6th and all of these political prosecutions than anybody else I've ever seen in the media. And if you aren't following Julie, you need to be following her because... She gets the actual court documents up faster than anybody I've seen. She works more hours than anybody I have seen. And we bring her in now. I believe she's in Chicago. But, Julie, how many hours a week do you think you have been working on these Jan 6 cases? And and I'm just curious on this because I do think it's important. How many other people in media are even doing this. In other words, if you weren't working on this, how much of what gets out that you put into the media ecosystem do you think would even get a a bit of attention? Just to kind of start big picture here with you. Wow, uh, what a question, and thank you for that. I I don't know. (laughs) I can't even calculate. Does this include, like, the three hours a night I'm laying there awake trying to figure out, like, what's going on, what to work on next? No, I mean, you Um, are incredible on this, and I think it should because, I mean, you've got to be doing 70, 80-hour weeks minimum, and you've done it now for years on this, and I don't know if anybody else has ever complimented you on just the sheer amount of energy and effort and commitment it takes to cover this. But I want to make sure we do it. I know we've had you on the the show uh, uh, quite a bit over the past couple of years. But I think that's a testament to your endurance and how much you are committed to doing the work here, which almost no one else is. Well, that is that's very kind. Thank you uh, for for noting that. Um, I, I do. I mean, I I I guess I I know that it's work. Uh, I can, but I consider it sort of like a personal more of a personal mission than even a professional one. Um, you know, when I go to D.C. last week and I see these defendants and what the government has done to them and more importantly see what they've done to these families, it really keeps me motivated. Luckily, you know, I turned 55 yesterday, and luckily I've been blessed my whole life with a high energy level. Um, so I'm glad to put it to good use. I know when my husband on a Saturday afternoon gives me the look that I better get off my computer and <laughs> do something else. So, um, uh, but you know, he understands the importance of what I'm doing. My family's been super supportive and my, and my friends. So that helps. Um, but thank you for, for mentioning that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more work to be done and I'm, I'm, I don't want to say honored, but I do feel privileged to have the access that I do, the ability to spend all this time on it, um, you know, the resources 
that I need to travel to D.C. or get these court documents um, because just a lot of people don't. So, um, you know, that's that's just my contribution to exposing what's happening and defending the voiceless and, and people who have no one speaking for them. Julie, it's Buck. I, I also think you're great. Um, I am very, uh, but but I want to I want to ask you about what just happened, if I can. Um, which is uh, which is this uh, just really jaw dropping 22 year sentence for Enrique Terrio. I, I I read the indictment. I actually read through it a, a couple of times, or at least parts of it, a few times over again, just to see. What is, I, I know the top count is seditious conspiracy. The first hour we talked about some of the other seditious conspiracy cases that involved, where there was a guilty verdict and it involved jihadists who wanted to commit mass murder and were taking active steps to blow up, you know, a building, a bridge, the World Trade Center, things like that. Um, what is the worst thing that Enrico Terrio actually did? What's the thing that he did that's the worst thing that he did? Well, the worst thing I think was that he was the head of one of these, of a few of these group chats with other Proud Boys and FBI informants, by the way, organize, talking about the stolen election, talking about their support for Donald Trump, talking about making plans to go to DC on January 6th. That's basically what got Enrique Tarrio and the others, uh, in the crosshairs of the Department of Justice. And, of course, this crazy seditious conspiracy, which, as you know, if you've read the language of the statute and the jury instructions, there's basically no burden of proof for the government to demonstrate to a jury, which is why they're coming back quickly with convictions. Four out of five of these guys convicted by this jury uh, back in April on seditious conspiracy. So, look, this is all to bolster the bogus narrative set by Christopher Ray and others that domestic terrorists, right-wing militias pose this grave threat to the country. Um, and also, of course, to punish Trump supporters and people who protested Joe Biden's election. I have, I have to ask you, Julie, because as I'm reading this, I, I think I saw some of the things that the indictment, right? So the indictment is just their version of the events. I'm not even, it's not like I'm looking at what the defense came up with as a justification or rationalization. I'm looking at the actual indictment, and it seems like when he says, meaning Terrio or some of the others, yeah, we're going to take back our government, this is 1776 all over again, that like they're saying, well, you tried to take back the government, therefore you're going to prison for 20 years. That's right. It, it's stunning. I'm telling you guys, not only in this case, but others, the invocation of the founding fathers or talking about 70, 1776 or revolution has been used as evidence against these defendants, as if talking about 1776 or the spirit of it or rising up against your government, which is, of course, our right, redress of grievances, protest, uh, you know, our government officials. These are all supposed to be constitutionally protected rights that have now been turned into crimes. And not only regular crimes like felonies, but now crimes of terror. You have Judge Ahmet Mehta, who has declared that obstruction of an official proceeding, a post-Enron statute that has to do with tampering with evidence and witness, that is now a, a, terror, a, a federal crime of terrorism. Um, obstruction of an official proceeding, seditious conspiracy. And then in the Proud Boys case, shaking a metal fence, a temporary metal fence, now has into the level of destroying government property, which is one defense attorney said, no, we're talking about blowing up government buildings. 
We're talking about attacking military installations. We're not talking about a few rabble-rousers shaking a fence. That is not a crime of terrorism. But guess what, guys? Now it is. Thanks to Judge Tim Kelly, Amit Mehta, who have turned these uh, otherwise dubious offenses that have nothing to do with political protest into new crimes of terrorism. And the GOP has no clue what's going on. Not a clue what's happening and where this is headed. Okay, so that's where I was going to go next. Buck and I were talking about how, and, and this is not a new argument that we've made. We've made it with you on the air. We've made it with you off the air. How do you think Republicans have responded to a clear political attack against them using January 6th as the cudgel, so to speak? Um, and what does this speak to going forward, not only for January 6th, but for Donald Trump and any other Republican based on what you've seen with what now clearly appeals appears to me to be a court that effectively is an opportunity for Democrats to try to put Republicans in jail while knowing that simultaneously there is virtually zero chance, no matter what Democrats do, that a D.C. jury will ever hold them accountable. Right. So to your point, they can get away with this because they know the script will never be flipped on them. Uh, even if you tried to, uh, under Donald Trump presidency, use the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office to prosecute some of these same you know, people on these same new charges and same new terror enhancements, you're not going to have a D.C. judge and you're not going to have a D.C. jury get away with it. So that's the problem. But beyond this, setting up new terror crimes, et cetera, this is a warning shot for next year. This is criminalizing any protest against an election. This is criminalizing any investigation into voter fraud. This is criminalizing any way to raise money to investigate or file a lawsuit. This is about preventing any of this from happening next year as Democrats try to are going to try to pull the same thing that they did in 2020. So that's really the most dangerous territory now. Um, but, you know, they're arresting people every week. This has, as you and I, as we've always talked about, this goes beyond Donald Trump. They've got more than 1,100 defendants. They're arresting people every single day. I'm getting alerts. A 22-year-old young man from Utah last week took his own life after he was charged with four misdemeanors. He was 19 on January 6th. On January 6th. He sees what, hap- what is happening to these January 6th defendants, their lives being ruined. And rather than face a D.C. judge and possibly a D.C. jury and have his life destroyed, uh, this man, Jordan Meekum, one of 10 children, a rural Utah family, very tight-knit, very religious, uh, ended his life last week and endured this torment. He's one of four to six defendants who have committed suicide. This is the human wreckage, not just the long prison sentences, not just the charges. This is the human wreckage that this Department of Justice is creating while the GOP sits on its hands, basically, complicit uh, in, in in what this uh, what this Department of Justice is doing. Check out Julie Kelly's Declassified on Substack, where she does a lot of her reporting and, and shares what she's covering and and, um, and uh, the research she's doing there. Julie, um, to your point about Republicans, I mean, one, these these defendants, these J six defendants, I mean, do, do they feel abandoned by their party and 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 actually even more specifically i'm wondering who paid the legal bills uh were there legal bills paid for these six that were charged in seditious conspiracy 
Um, was any of the money coming from some of the funding that the Trump uh, that, that the Trump orbit has raised? Uh, what can you tell us about funding for the legal defense? Not to my knowledge. Um, and I believe that at least half of these defense attorneys have been court appointed. So they're, they are paid for by the government. Uh, I mean, do, do these defendants feel abandoned by their side, at least in terms of getting a yeah. fair, you know, getting a robust defense and a fair trial? They feel abandoned and they have been abandoned. Um, you know, when I was in that courtroom last week, it was basically empty except for a few family members, you know, members of the Department of Justice and some reporters. Can you imagine how filled a courtroom would be with Democratic lawmakers and political leaders had their own supporters uh, been subjected to what these Proud Boys or, or anyone has been? I don't think a single Republican lawmaker, and I mean, you can walk to the courthouse from the Capitol building. It's in, it's literally two, but I mean, the courthouse is in the shadow of the Capitol building. You can walk there. I don't think a single Republican lawmaker has attended a single court hearing, day of trial, sentencing for any of these individuals. Now, I know if you have gone to the jail, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louis Gohmert, that's commendable. Can you imagine if that courtroom would have been filled with people like Kevin McCarthy, James Jordan, anyone would have been there to listen to what Judge Tim Kelly was doing to these men in this government that they pay for. They have oversight for these bodies. They help fund the D.C. District Court, Federal Court uh, House. They fund the Washington FBI field office. They fund the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. But they act like they don't. They act like they have no responsibility. And now they have culpability in what these federally funded agencies that they have congressional oversight for, they now are part of uh, a bigger problem here. So I find that particularly shameful. Julie, last question. Obviously, the lingering impact and the shadow of the Trump prosecution, which is set, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, for March 4th right now. Have you heard anything else about that or any of your sources inside D.C. talked about whether or not they believe that that trial will be able to actually start on March 4th? That's what it's set for now. My sources in D.C., which have better better sources than I do uh, with more powerful people uh, do not believe that Jack Smith will bring additional uh, charges against Donald Trump for January 6th. I still don't believe it. I don't think Jack Smith is going to be settled with a four-count indictment, including one key obstruction of an official proceeding that is now sitting, possibly could be taken by the Supreme Court. They could make that decision next month. So he's got a pretty sketchy indictment and a major charge uh, that, that could be really uh, legal, legal limbo yeah. by that point. Julie Kelly, everybody, check out her Substack, Declassified with Julie Kelly. Julie, thank you for being with us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. She does phenomenal work. Cyber scammers love text messaging to get your attention. It's a numbers game for them. If you reply, they easily plant malware on your phone, start downloading downloading info on your phone. That's how they get your individual online identity. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. You protect yourself by becoming a LifeLock member and getting the benefit of their online identity theft protection. LifeLock will detect and alert you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like thieves pretending to be you with your info. When they spot something fishy, 
They get in touch with you immediately. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay, as the promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use that promo code Clay for 25% off. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are joined now by Congressman Jim Jordan from the great state of Ohio. And, uh, Congressman, let, let's just dive right into it. Uh, appreciate you sure. joining us. You guys, and I give tremendous credit to you and your staff and also the House Oversight Committee on Weaponization, uh, all of this mm-hmm. evidence that is continuing to come out about Joe Biden and his potential criminal involvement. So I want to start here. You probably are as fired up as I am when you see so many people in the legacy media out there, New York Times, Washington Post, CBS, NBC, uh, ABC, uh, certainly MSNBC and CNN. They keep trying to say that there is no evidence of Joe Biden's <laughs> connection to Hunter Biden. It's a total yeah. lie. You cannot think it's significant enough to be criminal, but I want to start with that. When you yeah, see sure. them say there's no evidence that Joe was connected to Hunter Biden's crimes, you respond how to people out there? Dinners, phone calls, and meetings. Dinners with his business partners and clients, people he was doing business with, like the uh, the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, the wealthiest lady in, in, in all of Russia. Uh, then there's all the meetings, and there's all the phone calls. There's the phone call that takes place on December 4th between uh, uh, Hunter Biden, uh, or excuse me, Hunter Biden, the two guys who run Burisma, Zolachevsky. They call D.C. Now, Devin Archer in his deposition wouldn't tell us who in D.C. We can all surmise who that probably was. They call D.C., and five days later, Joe Biden gets on a plane, flies to Kiev, and, and, and starts attacking the prosecutor over there and ultimately leads to him getting fired because that's the guy who was putting pressure on Burisma. Uh, so yeah, and not to mention the 20 companies, not to mention the 20 million dollars, all the, all the emails, the eyewitnesses, the laptop, on and on it goes. So yeah, there's definitely links, there's definitely involvement. Again, you can, you can, I guess, argue whether it was criminal or not, but it's starting, the evidence seems to me to be stacking up in such a way that I think it is very, very likely we open an impeachment inquiry, uh, go to an impeachment inquiry phase of this investigation real soon. So Congressman, it sounds like you think you, you may have the votes down the line for an, an mm-hmm. impeachment inquiry. And obviously you can continue to use uh, oversight in an important way to get the, the American people the truth. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what do you think when, when we get asked this question, what can be done about the uh, the weaponization of government? What we're seeing, for example, with disparate sentences for individuals tied to January 6th in some way, um, you know, is there any, federal legislation that you think could be obviously with a republican majority and a republican president but is there something that you would like to see done that would help with the weaponization of government and the usage of the bureaucracy as a weapon of politics which we're clearly seeing right now right right so senator paul and i introduced legislation senator paul on the senate side we've introduced on the house side that says if you're involved in pressuring, coercing, persuading uh, big tech companies to censor Americans, 
you're in the federal government, you can you there are real you can lose your job, you can lose your security clearance, you can lose your pension. There can be civil penalty, civil action brought against you. So that's the legislative legislation we've introduced. You're right; it won't get passed in in the current makeup of Congress, and Joe Biden wouldn't sign it. He he's been involved in the censorship. The White House is you know working with these with these tech companies to censor Americans. Um, but that that's the kind of legislation that I think does need to pass to protect the First Amendment. And then second, I would point out one of the good things that has happened by us showing, you know, how these agencies have been turned on the American people. You may have seen, I think it was about six weeks ago, the IRS announced that they will no longer be sending agents to Americans' homes unannounced. And, of course, Danny Werfel, the IRS commissioner, said, well, we did this because we were concerned about the safety of our agents. Baloney. They did this because we caught them. We caught them knocking on Matt Taibbi's door at the very moment. Matt Taibbi was testifying in front of our committee about how how Twitter had been uh, weaponized to go after Americans' First Amendment free speech rights uh, by the by the Biden administration. So we are making some progress just by I think showing how bad it is. We're seeing some of these agencies begin to back off in some of the things they were doing. Congressman Jim Jordan with us now. Uh, Jim, we appreciate the time and the work, okay. like we said off the top. You mentioned impeachment. Uh, of Joe Biden. There have been a lot of talk of impeachment of Mayorkas, uh, of Merrick Garland. I, I think it's smart to go right to the top and focus on Biden himself. If impeachment proceedings are to begin, what would that mm-hmm. process look like? What would the time frame look like from your perspective? You've been through impeachment several times, certainly most notice, notably with Trump yeah. recently. What's that process like as it would pertain to Joe Biden for listeners out there who probably are curious on the yeah. timing? No, it's a, it's a great question. And um, look, I think we should always be driven by the facts, the evidence and our constitutional duty. If the facts and the evidence weren't moving to what's called an impeachment inquiry phase of, of, of oversight, which is part of our constitutional duty, then I think we're going to go there. The speaker's been clear about that. I think the evidence is pointing in that direction. If that happens, I think you'll continue to see the Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee, and the Ways and Means Committee particularly focus in on what happened with David Weiss in this investigation and all the other things we're uncovering just about the Biden business operation. So I think it'll sort of continue. The, 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 the benefit of moving to an impeachment in, uh, inquiry phase is courts have recognized when you're in that phase, and there's been a formal vote by the House of Representatives, majority voting to move into that, that part of an investigation, courts have been much more willing uh, when there's a dispute over people to come in and be deposed or documents you are seeking as the House of Representatives, courts have been more willing to say, yeah, give that to the House. This is part of their constitutional responsibility. Impeachment proceedings, impeachment inquiries are a specific function of the House of Representatives. So that helps us get the information we would need to get to, to get the facts there uh, for the American people. I think that's likely to happen here this fall where we move to that phase, whether we go to full articles of impeachment, I think, again, is driven by the facts, driven by the evidence that we that we uncover as we go to that phase of the investigation. Jim, I think this is important for our audience to know. There's a lot of people out there who are very frustrated, as I'm sure you can imagine. They hear and see all the evidence of Biden corruption, yet they see the mainstream media say there's no evidence of corruption, uh, sort of criminality. Uh, and, and they know that that is in fact a lie. Whether you believe it is criminal or not is certainly disputable, but there's tons of evidence out there that this occurred. But I want to share a positive here. Do you believe that Hunter Biden would have skated on all of these charges 
if Democrats had retained the House? In other words, how important to what we have been able to uncover, what you guys have been able to uncover, is simply having the House majority? Would any of this have come out if Democrats no. had retained the House? None of it. I don't think any, any things we've learned about censorship, anything we've learned at the IRS, anything we've learned at DOJ, DHS. So, I mean, I don't think any of it comes out. More importantly, I think Hunter Biden gets the – remember – what the New York Times reported a few weeks ago, the sweetheart deal that the judge yep. declined to accept, it was even sweeter. They weren't even going to uh, have Hunter Biden. Uh, he wasn't going to have to plead guilty to anything. Yep. But for Gary Shapley and Mr. Ziegler coming forward as whistleblowers, I don't think any of that happens either. So, And, and also, in that story, remember what they were going to do. The defense counsel, the Hunter Biden's defense counsel said, we'll put the president of the United States, we'll put Hunter Biden's father on the witness stand. I mean, they were they were pressing that hard against the government lawyers, against the DOJ, to get them not to charge Hunter Biden with anything, and they were going to do it. That that is that is how serious this all is. God bless Shapley and Ziegler who came for that helped so much. I'm convinced that's why um, the, the judge in that in that case did did such a good job when she looked at this plea deal and the diversion agreement and said no way to either one of those things. And now here we are. Now the the, the crazy thing is. The very person who was going to put a sweeter sweetheart deal together, the very person who allowed all these things to happen in the four and a half years of that investigation, that's the guy Hunter Biden, or excuse me, uh, Merrick Garland now makes the the special counsel. David yeah. Weiss makes him the special counsel in this investigation, which makes absolutely no sense. Thanks for being with us, Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. As always, good to talk to you, sir. You bet. You bet. Take care, guys. Thanks. Keep up the good work. I think this is so important, Buck. Uh, as we go to break, for everybody out there, I understand how frustrating it is to see all of this criminality stacking up and feel like there have been no consequences. I think Jim Jordan's 100% right there. If Republicans don't have control of the House, Hunter Biden, no punishment at all. It all gets sweep, swept under the rug. And that's something for all of you to keep in mind, not only about the presidential race next year, which is obviously going to be consequential, but maintaining the House and or winning the Senate no matter what happens in the presidential race, is going to be incredibly important and consequential in terms of holding people in positions of power on the Democrat side. Uh, without that, there will be no checks and balances. Audience has supported the MyPillow company and its employees in these tough economic times, and the team knows it, which is one of the reasons they continue to put forth one great value after another. Latest offer, six-piece towel set for just $39.98. Two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths, 50% off their regular price with a large array of colors to choose from, all back in stock. To find the offer on these fabulous towels made from USA Cotton, go online to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square. That's how you get the 50% price off this six-piece towel set. Use our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code to ensure you get that 50% discount. Play and Buck 24-7. Subscribe today. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date HealthLock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com Let me tell you about an American company whose entire mission is built around supporting this same community of people, which I'm a part of and proud to be so. GovX.com is an online shopping platform that people like me with service-related backgrounds have been using for years. There are over 8.5 million GovX members benefiting from the site today. As a GovX member, I get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. If you're a member, GovX.com is the first place to check when you're shopping online. If you've served our country in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, emergency medical services, or other government agency roles, go to GovX.com. That's GovGovX.com and create your free membership today. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart, and you'll get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Third hour, Clay and Buck kicks off now, and we are joined by Dr. Marty McCary. He is at Johns Hopkins University Medical Center. He's also the author of The Price We Pay. Um, and Dr. McCary, great to have you on as always. Thanks for being here with us. Um, I, I want to start with this one. Are, are there really... And I, I think I know what the answer is, but there's a part of me that's hoping that I'm not going to get the answer you're going to give here. Uh, we've seen some talk of mask, masks coming back from the White House, no less, and even from a school. Clay brought that up yesterday. Um, I'm seeing masks, especially in airports these days. For some reason, COVID only lives at airports in some people's minds. When you have some of your medical colleagues, um, when, when you have a moment with them, do any of them really look you in the eye and say mask mandates are going to stop COVID? Like they actually believe this still? I, I mean that honestly. Like are there still true believers that you come across in medicine 
when it comes to Fauciism? Yeah, they do believe it. And I think it's because they don't actually read the studies. They instead, they just follow the groupthink and the dogma and the consensus, because the consensus is coming from the powerful elites in the medical field. These are highly partisan leaders of the professional associations. They are very inter- intertwined with the CDC and NIH, Fauci types. Uh, and look, I want to believe that masks work, too. I, I really want to work, but it just doesn't, right? That's the scientific process. I want to believe in Goldilocks and the three bears. I want to believe in a lot of things. But when you have evidence that does not exist and then strong research to the contrary, the scientific process is you listen to that evidence. Right now, we've got this study called the Cochrane Review, which looked at 150 studies on masks. Cochrane has always been the accepted authority in medicine forever. Anytime they do their comprehensive reviews, everyone says this is now the gold standard, except when it challenged the dogma, except when it gave results that some people simply did not like. Dr. McCary, thanks for all the work you've been doing. Uh, And I know you've been writing a lot of editorials at the Wall Street Journal and other places as well. But when you hear Dr. Fauci say, as he did in that interview on CNN, It may not work in a large group basis, but on an individual basis, it still can. Buck and I had this conversation where if you acknowledge the data reflects that you might have been wrong, people actually trust you more. Why do you think so many doctors are afraid to acknowledge the evolving data on masks and not just admit that they didn't actually have an impact? Well, I think we're in a new era right now, Clay, when doctors are no longer doing their own analysis of the research. What we've lost in medicine is the art of the critical appraisal of research. This research is strong. This research is bad. You throw this one out. This one is solid. We've lost that. Instead, now doctors have gone partisan because there's a guy in office they don't like or didn't like. And this other guy is against that guy, so I'm with this guy. And that is the tragedy right now of modern medicine. And if you look at the history of modern medicine, it's not the first time. As a matter of fact, it's a trend. Opioids are not addictive. How long did we believe that for? That was the consensus. That was from on high. The doctors' groups, the medical journals, the industry all pushed it for 30 years. If you said something to the contrary, it was... Well, that's not, you know, you were sidelined. Saturated fat causing heart disease, that's not true. That was a dogma for 50 years until it was disproven. Kids should avoid peanuts. That was dogma. It was not true. It actually created a lot of peanut allergies. So we have a history. There's actually a trend line of doctors not doing their own critical analysis. They just sign on to the group think. Dr. McCary, one thing that you come across with people sometimes who are the uh, the mask dead enders if you will they'll say well, why do doctors and surgeons wear masks in the hospital still idiot <laughs> what do you, what do you, how do you respond to that i mean given what the cochrane study shows cuz cuz to me it's yeah maybe doctors actually shouldn't be walking around necessarily with masks on unless it's to what stop droplets during surgery or something that would make sense that's right look if we sneeze and there's droplet uh, contamination. That's not droplet contamination we want in a sterile field. But go to overseas, and you will see surgeons operating 
with no mask or their mask below their nose, and we don't see differences in infection rates. Now, I wear a mask when I do surgery because that's our protocol, and I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. But you're talking about a sterile field, and you're talking about no evidence to support it. We just do it. When it comes to covering the faces of children in school, you're causing harm. And when you have a definitive study that shows that masks do not alter the trajectory of the infection, what do you do with that inconvenient data if you're a masked cult member? Yeah, you know, Doc, I, I, I got to ask. I mean, do you think there's a prominent doctor out there who would publicly debate you on this issue, or do they just know that when push comes to so, uh, push comes to shove, the facts will smash them? No, no one will. I've never found anyone courageous enough to actually discuss it head to head because if you look at the shreddy. The, the terrible evidence that they cite to support masks, it's the hairdresser study in Maricopa County that the CDC did themselves. It's the Boston School District study where they cherry-picked schools. The study was redone and found to have the opposite result. That is, it was found to have no impact. So if we actually talk about the evidence, then it's a very clear discussion. But people don't want to talk about the actual data. Dr. McCary, I, I'm curious on this, too, and we appreciate you coming on. I encourage you to go follow Dr. Marty McCary, uh, read his work that has been widely published all over the place. You are from uh, Johns Hopkins is where you work now. You've advised Glenn Youngkin. You're in the D.C. area. I'm sure you saw yesterday I shared a story out of Montgomery County that an elementary school classroom Kids are being forced to wear N95s for 10 days because a few of them have tested positive for COVID. This is a kindergarten classroom. When you see a response like that as a doctor, your reaction is what? Well, it's sad that children are being forced to wear the political badge of adults. Children have become the line in the, in the sand for parents and, and adults having an argument about evidence where they don't want to actually talk about the Cochrane Review. So it's a tragedy. I wish we weren't at this stage. If you look at the money, time, and energy and lawsuits we've spent on back and forth with masks, the Cochrane Review would tell us none of it made a difference. It's a highly contagious virus. The kids are going to get it. They might get it seven times or nine times in their childhood. You, you cannot outrun the lion. When you have one of these cloth or surgical masks on, you're still breathing, and you're just breathing around the mask or through it with a pore size bigger than the virus size. And in terms of, we're speaking to Dr. Marty McCary of Johns Hopkins University Medical uh, Center. In terms of where we go here with, with vaccines and boosters or whatever they're calling them now, what, I mean, is it basically like flu shot level effectiveness? So maybe seniors should consider taking it. The fact that I, I think it's still official White House guidance that everybody over six months should get a booster. Like, where does all of that stand based on the data? Well, we don't have any data on boosters in young people whatsoever. Never did. Never never had that that research. The study that people have cited to support the booster dose in younger people, it turns out in that Israeli study, when the scientists went back and reanalyzed the data, they found that it was just a healthier group that went out to get the booster. And so they saw lower mortality rate in that group for cancer, and heart disease and COVID and everything because it's just a healthier group. And so the New England Journal got a letter rebutting that article. So I'd love to see the data that these repeat boosters give you anything more than a sugar high for three months of antibodies. 
you might get transient protection, but you cannot outrun a highly contagious virus. The White House is already saying that their new booster shot, which is a whole new COVID vaccine, a newly designed COVID vaccine that's expected to be FDA approved and CDC recommended as of Tuesday. They want everyone over 12 years of age to get it. And they say that it works, but there's never been a human trial on that uh, vaccine. No human outcomes data. Dr. Martin McCary with us right now. Where do we go from here? Um, let's pretend that you were in charge of COVID response going forward. What would your advice be to Americans across the political spectrum, Democrats, Republicans, and independents, as we prepare to enter what will be a fourth, it's crazy to think this, that we're still having this conversation, but this is the fourth fall and winter since COVID emerged in a, in a major way in March of 2020. What would your advice be for the nation? What is the right decision at this point? Well, I'll tell you as a doctor, patients appreciate it when you say, I don't know, when you really don't know, when the evidence is not there to support something, rather than talk with dogma and absolutism, just acknowledge it. In the case of masks, we got it wrong. The data now are very clear. In the case of school closures, we got it wrong. People need to own up to these decisions, and we cannot have the government adjudicating on every aspect of American life. Can I go to the gym? What do I do here? How long do I quarantine for? It's a fluid situation. Things change and everyone's different. Everyone has to assess their own individual risk. We've got to use some common sense. I think we've forgotten that. We've turned to the CDC to tell us whether or not we can use a pencil or a pen. We've got to get away from that. Dr. McCary, always appreciate you, sir. Uh, If people want to follow your research, your work, where should they go? I'm on Twitter, Marty McCary, and I appreciate all the um, uh, retweets and and likes. So uh, always happy to see what you guys have to say, and thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. I mean, Clay, it it is, uh, man. I mean, I love, I love that reaction that, because we could talk a lot of words, but that disgusted sigh that you just released there, I feel like is such a perfect approximation of where we are. What? is wrong with people i i just want to walk up and look and say what has to happen for you to realize you were wrong i'll tell you know i've i've gone through things i mean i i'm trying to think of uh different sort of eras of science where you know i i, I grew up thinking that breakfast cereal was really healthy eat, eat breakfast cereal <laughs> breakfast cereal is not i mean it's overwhelmingly trash it's it's good if you want to you know get to pre-diabetes there really goes fast. the kellogg like, sponsorship Whoop, just saying. Uh, yeah. No, but, but, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, I went to a school where there were fights among the parents and the faculty. I wasn't involved in this, but I remember because this is kind of to Dr. McCary's point about the history of medicine. They told us margarine was so much healthier than butter. Margarine is orders of magnitude worse for you than any, like, it, it's just bad for you. I mean, butter actually is good in moderation and has a lot of good stuff in it. Margarine, terrible for you. I grew up, we only serve margarine because butter is so bad for you. What I'm saying is the system gets things wrong. And what he's, what he brought up, people don't even know this. Uh, the book Dreamland by Sam Quinones does an amazing job of laying out how these, how this, uh, pharmaceutical, you know, Purdue Pharma and pharmaceutical companies managed to get away with convincing doctors that basically the most addictive substance on planet Earth is not addictive. And this was in the nineties and the early two thousands, everybody. 
So the notion that now people say, well, were all the doctors wrong? Are you an MD? Yeah, sometimes all the doctors are wrong. Read I'll a history you, book, Libs. Read gi- a history book. I'll give you a perfect example. As frustrated as you are, Buck, individually, I can tell you that as a parent, I cannot imagine how much I would be losing my mind if my kids were in Montgomery County schools and my kindergartners were required to wear a mask as they're doing right now. And I'll give you a perfect example that sums this up, Buck. When you and I were kids, our moms and every mom out there who has a kid in the, in the neighborhood of being 40 years old, all of you were told, put your babies on their stomach. That was the teaching. Every doctor, every pediatrician, they said, we want to try to limit sudden infant deaths. Make sure that you put every baby on their stomach. I just had three kids, and so I know now that they have completely reversed that guidance, and they now say, actually, you should put babies on their back. Putting babies on their stomach made it more likely that they were going to die of SIDS. So all of the experts out there, Buck, who were saying, hey, put your babies on their stomach, make sure you do this, this is what the science shows, they got it 100% wrong, and now they flip the guidance. So what my parents were told to do when I was a baby is different than what I was told to do with my own children. Science is often wrong. That's why it must be challenged aggressively. And what we have seen during COVID, and this is scary, is complete acquiescence to the idea that science is infallible, which was perfectly personified by Dr. Fauci himself, Buck, saying what? I am the science. I am the science. Such a terrifying idea. Because what it represents is you can't be challenged if you are the science. And I know, and I still, I still get the people that say, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I like Clay and Buck on a lot of things, but they talk about this stuff too much. If we don't attack the edifice of how this all went wrong, this becomes the playbook for how they do more of this in the future. This, this, the machine has stayed intact, as we can all see, because they're thinking no about revving up the machine again. No consequences, and. Your kindergartners in Montgomery County, we got people listening to us right now with kids in Montgomery County. We got our brand new DC affiliate. They're going to have to wear masks, five year olds for 10 days for a virus that has no impact on them. By the way, 95, KN95 mask. I mean, these things are uncomfortable for adults to wear. You think kindergartners trying to learn how to read and trying to learn how to equip themselves in school are being well addressed by this? This is shameful. It's indefensible and needs to be called out and ridiculed to the fullest amount of all of our power. I, I just had a family member tell me that uh that, that this family member's doctor requires masks going in today requires of course masks. of course that's why you have to fight it they're not going to give up it they're going to try to take it back no matter how indestructible a cell phone is manufactured to be they can still break down after a couple of years of wear and tear if you doubt that look right now those of you on the vip my phone is an absolute disaster based on all the times that i have dropped it uh, and guess what? I'm in this group, and right now you can get a brand new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. A brand new 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, ultra-strong glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month. Mobile hotspot included as well. All the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. Get hooked up. Here's how you do it. Dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy. Again, right now, pound 250. Say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is 
Simply Smarter Wireless. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.